Hello and welcome to the next installment of Opt-In NYC Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Police Officer Joe Galetta. I am joined in studio this week with... John Negron. And remotely, we have one of our producers... Addison Moreno. And this week, our guest is... Javaro Long. And you are a police officer. Police officer, Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Just, <laughs> we got, we, we've had guests who are, who are in bosses. I'm so used to doing this. We're like, yeah, Javaro Long. You don't really say cop. <laughs> officer Long, why don't you give us an overview of what you do with the NYPD currently? Currently, um, I'm in an uh, NYPD community affairs... Uh, Youth Strategies Division, and pretty much what that is, is our main focus is improving the lives of at-risk teens, uh, rather with their families or them individually, just being an influence. Um, coupled with that, you just uh, working with the community as well. But our focus is working with the youth, just trying to bridge the gap between uh, them and us. And how do you do that? You, you know, um, there's no there's no format. There's no formula to uh, bridging the gap. You just got to be relatable. And as long as you stay relatable... Um, then it becomes easy. You're not out of touch. Where did you grow up now? I grew up in the South Bronx. Uh, it was, you know, it was, it was a lesson. It was, um, it was a trying time. It was one of those things as what we call options. You know, it, you, you think or you don't think. A lot. The ones that think are still here. The ones that didn't, you know, they go through the certain circumstances that they they could have avoided. But I was always a thinker. One of my closest friends, Malcolm, he always said to me, he said. You know, you could have did anything like the rest of us, but you was always a thinker. He said that separated you. Being from the South Bronx, um, is there something from where you grew up or just in general? What was like the biggest factor that kind of influenced you to want to become a police officer? You know, it was um, my environment. Like I I had the luxury of growing up with a lot of uh, music or different individuals that were in music. I I was young, but the experience um, of watching other people do some of the things that I wanted to do, what really influenced me at being a police officer was because of the things that I seen. Growing up on 168 in Union in the South Bronx, it was a rough time. Um, You know, you have the uh, Forest Housing, you have Morris High School, you you know, so there was different things that uh, influenced me. You know, there was drugs, there was drinking, so th- these were some of the things I wanted to avoid, that I wanted to break the cycle of. Uh, one of my managers, uh, Derek Hitman, always told me, he looked at me, we were coming from the studio uh, with Grandmaster Flash that day, and he said, you know what you're doing? You're breaking the cycle. And I didn't understand what that meant, but I understood it. Because whatever I was doing to avoid the circumstances that I was in, you know, I, I, I took heed to it and Going to the studio and doing music was one of the things that uh, helped me out. And the influence was, again, because of the environment. So I always, I always wanted to help people. It wasn't necessarily having to be a, a police officer, but I always wanted to be an influence. Yeah. So you've been part of the police for 16 years. That's a long while. Um, yes. Can you list some of the changes that you've seen over the years? Well, my 16 years as a police officer... Uh, some of the changes is what we have right now. I'm sitting here talking, doing podcasting, you know, <laughs> and um, being a part of something called Options, being a part of something that I've always, since I was a police officer, I always wanted to be influential, but I didn't know how. You know, you have to cut through some of the red tape, but I always wanted to be influential. It was always in me. It wasn't something that I learned on a job. It was something that came with me and I brought to the job and now it was starting to come in fl- fruition. And I think that's how you bridge the gap back to the earlier question is because it has to be natural. It's no training for you doing what you love. You know, with 
like you said, this this podcast itself and mm-hmm. everything that options kind of stands for mm-hmm. is kind of the change in the department that we all kind of want to see. What what change do you what change do you see coming, or what change do you hopefully want to see in the future of the department? There's nobody outside right now know that knowing that we're doing this. This is like in a room, closed. And it, but imagine, you know, when I DJ or and I'm in uniform and I'm hitting the turntables and I'm in a park, people are like, "Wow, you know, that's how you're you're relating because now you're using music as a form to to relate." So there's some kid out there that wants to do podcasts and it's everybody's doing a TikTok video, everybody has a YouTube channel. But when you when you're doing it with a cop, you become so cool, you know. <laughs> yeah. So some of the of the events, I went out and purchased my own equipment, and um, so in my unit when we're doing things in the park, I. Like we're missing something, entertainment. And what better way to do it? Me being a police officer, I love music, I rap. And hey, went out and got some stuff, some speakers and stuff like that. And it's phenomenal. Again, another way to break the gap and interact with people. Because when you're playing that James Brown to, uh, uh, you know, Stevie Wonder, Luther Vandross, people are jamming to it, no matter where they are. They don't care what you're, what you're wearing. They're like, he could play, you know? So... And then I, I learned a lot of that from my Uncle Butch, you know, watching him slide on the carpet, listening to James Brown. So a lot of that stuff, you know, uh, s- stuck out to me. And then, you know, once again, you bring a, a huge part of you mm-hmm. to the department and use that for change. Absolutely. Because I think that I'm just blessed to be 16 years in. And I'm not going to say finally, because I've, I've paid my dues. I did a, I did a lot. But now I just want to really be influential. And with everything that's going on in the climate, you know, you're not going to change the minds of everyone. But if you influence that one person, it's just like you. You're 17, right? So you'll leave here today and go, wow, Officer Long, is, that's, that's a cool cop. You know, I know, oh, I appreciate you, man. But, you know, you get to be, you get to, I get to dress the way I dress, but still be cool. You know what I mean? And, and that's why I love doing what I do, because it's, it's a flip side to every coin, you know? You get the officer, but then you get the guy out of the uniform. When I used to do a conversation cops and kids with Dr. Falani and the All-Stars Project, that was something that was so powerful that you would walk in a room and the kids wouldn't know that you were a police officer because you was in your regular clothes. Then we would do a little enactment, then we would come back in the room, and then the kids go, wow, they actually are cops, you know? So we're human, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I think that's one of the biggest things we've always been. I mean, John, you talk about it all the time is is humanizing police officers. And I think through podcasting, through music, through any of these kinds of events, that's one of the first things we need to start doing is recognizing cops are human. And and the people at the flip side, the people that we interact with are are human as well. It's very easy for a cop to sit there and say, here's another car stop. It's just it's not even another person to you, you know? Another like, day on a job. Right. You could shoot hoop all day, you know, uh, with a kid, but imagine tapping into something that he really loves, you know, the video games, the basketball, but, you know, there's somebody out there that wants to know about finance. There's somebody that wants to know about photography and, you know, how to connect these wires or being techie and stuff like that. But imagine you're doing that with the broader platform as a police officer. You're doing nothing, nothing that special than what a nonprofit or somebody else. But the fact is, when you put that uniform on, you're held to a higher standard. So you get to be that much more influential. Absolutely. Let's take one moment to hear a word from our sponsors. And we're back. 
So now you have an extensive history in music. How did that kind of get started for you? What was your your whole process there? You know, my extensive history in music. Uh, I love that question. I think that's dope. You know, that's why I didn't want to watch. I didn't want to look at the questions because, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to be surprised. There's a, there was a girl, a rapper named Mother Superior. You could look her up later. And um, I just assume I don't know her. Oh, oh, you heard, oh, you heard her. You heard of no, her? Oh, no, I haven't. <laughs> and I was the kid. Everybody always said I remind them of a young LL. Um, I remember walking up into Def Jam. I had a meeting with the vice president and my hustle, my drive, you know, um, I almost messed up the deal because I had a, I ended up getting sick and my manager was like pissed at me. And I remember pulling up on 8th Avenue, we get out the car, he said, man, you're going to mess it up. You're going to mess it up because, you know, I was outside, I was a kid, you know, I was running around, but my drive, you know, that's, that's something that, that perseverance, my best friend would always use that word. She said, you, you, you're persistent is, is crazy. I was never afraid to keep going, you know? Like if you said no, you said no. I was everywhere. I was at every talent show. I was performing in Red Hood, Brooklyn by myself. Um, so my name kept getting out there. My name kept getting out there. And I would show up at the radio stations. I remember walking in on Wu-Tang. It, it was a, a radio show called 88 Hip Hop or East Houston and Broadway. And I talked my way in to watch them be interviewed. And then Mother Superior, she looked at me. She said, I see you everywhere. And she said, you know, I, I love that. That's what I love. I, I will watch you and you keep showing up, you know, and I would go b these places by myself. So I knew how to keep making a name for myself. And that was something that it got out there. So with, with that, it just, you know, a chain link to other people, then other people, then other people. So, you know, I was always willing to not take no for an answer still to this day, you know. Have you been able to combine your love for music with the work you do as a police officer? Absolutely, because the music, again, is another way of bridging the gap. When you when you know about, you know, Nas to Little Uzi Vert to, you know, a Cardi B, um, when you become relatable, then kids pick that up. And the same thing like with the DJing and the music and stuff like that. When you're sitting there, you know, I'm not the best DJ, but the fact is I got an ear for music. You know, and that's my my love. And I, I incorporate that. And then also, actually, excellent question. I'm I'm working with Tony Danza. It's called the Cops and Kids Chorus. And what we do, we go around the city or we've uh, done Giant Stadium, Yankee Stadium, Caprini, um, a lot of different fundraisers and different benefits alongside Tony Danza. Perform that Met Stadium, Yankee Stadium. And we create these songs and this music and we put it together with these kids and we go out there and we perform. So absolutely, I, you know, I, I love it because I can be creative while working, still doing what I love and then putting smiles on these kids' faces. With a long um, career in, in, in law enforcement and, and a long career with um, music, yes. how exactly did you make kind of that, that transition? Because here you are, you know, you're hustling, you're doing a lot of music and then you have to transition to take, you know, the exam to become a police officer, graduate from the academy and, and work your way up. How was that? I told my cousin this, uh, my cousin Kendall, he's a sergeant on a job. And I remember when he graduated college, Fordham University, full scholarship. And I'm, I'm so proud of him because we, we were always competing. And I told him, I said, he said, I don't want to be a cop. I said, imagine creating an option that you otherwise wouldn't have. So he took me up on the offer and he got on six months before me. But <laughs> and now he's a sergeant. But to answer your question, you know what? It really wasn't hard because, again, I'm growing up in the South Bronx. I've, you know, I can go back as far as 85, 86. You know, I'm born in 1979. So it was my environment that made me want to change. You know, 
you can help somebody, but as long as they want change, then you can help them. But some people just don't want change. It takes longer for them to get it. And I was blessed at a young age to get it early and wanting to be influential. So being a police officer was just a small part in that, you know, because again, it was always in me to help people, but music was my first love. But being a police officer was like, okay, cool. Now I have my first son graduating college, you know? So now the, you can't just be a rapper no more. You, you need to make money. And I took the chance and, you know, took the test. In 2000, January 10th, 2005, I got four years left. You know, so and I want to, you know, continue to be influential. Who were some of your biggest inspirations music wise? Uh, my my biggest influence on my music was Nas. Um, when you hear me rap, you know, they'd be like, wow, you know, you sound like Nas. LL Cool J because of his drive, his hustle, um, you know, rock the bells. I need love. All that stuff. Uh, who else was uh, influential? To, you know, Fat Joe, he's from the Bronx. You know, I know all those guys from Terror Squad, you know, shout out to my boy Prospect. But watching, and I remember, I'll tell you a quick story, and this is why I say growing up in the South Bronx was so cool, because there was people around me. When I was already rapping, a lot of these guys wasn't. They just got into these groups. But when my boy got signed, you know, he yelled across the street. He was like, yo, I just signed with Fat Joe and Big Pun. But I was so on cloud nine. I was like, all right, man, keep doing your thing. But meanwhile, I'm like, man, like he's, he made it. I was happy for him, but I was already, you know, in the studio recording with Grandmaster Flash and stuff like that, working with Kwame, uh, working with Lord Finesse, you know, all these guys, man, you know. So I had, I was fortunate, you know, I was fortunate. Then, I, you know, I went on and I dated Stevie Wonder's daughter. I was really cool with him. Um, hung out with George Clooney, Barbara Walters. I hung out with a lot of celebrities. I got the pictures, too, to prove it. <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it. I'll believe it. Uh, have you had any influences then in your law enforcement career in in the same kind of way? And 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 in what way as far as like, like someone who's just been influential oh, absolutely. as your in, in your law enforcement side of things. You know what? My uncle uh and Ray Kelly was in the Marines together. He was a lieutenant, he did forty years, and uh Robert Signius, he was very influential um in the beginning. But you know what? Again, it was just creating my own lane. I was you know how it is, like um when when you know what you want, you go after it. Even though you might give me pointers and tips, I'm going to take it, but I'm going to build and stack my own. And then I can't forget my mentor, Craig Harwood. He was very influential because through a nonprofit organization called Unlocking Futures that played a part in changing my life, I met my mentor who was there through high school, college, and stuff like that. So I was very lucky to constantly keep having people pour into my life and uh, people pushing me. Then, you know, when I got onto the job, you know, it's it's just the way you carry yourself, you know? When people say your name, they respect it. When people know that you're about handling what you have to handle, then the the rest becomes uh, easy, you know? The rest becomes easy. Every cop has a cop story, and I'm... We all have millions of them. What's one of yours? Out of close to 300 arrests, <laughs> the one I have was uh, I'm driving along um, Allen Street, Lower East Side, and uh, the guy, he, he speeds past. So I'm like, you know, why is this guy driving fast? And he's driving fast. So we chase him, and um, he runs out the car. I can't catch him. He's kind of heavy. I'm skinny. And he's running, 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 and he trips and falls over the sidewalk. And I like reach out to grab him, and I trip and fall on top of him, pull my cuffs out, and then I cuff him. I thought that was the easiest arrest ever. <laughs> Tripping and falling and 
arresting somebody. And it, but it started as a, a vehicle pursuit? Like it, was a, it, was a, it was a vehicle pursuit. Yeah, absolutely. It was a vehicle pursuit. But then I said, you know, why were you running? I, honestly, I'm the coolest cop, man. Another, <laughs> another story. I arrested a guy. My first arrest in Manhattan South. Um, it was five grand larceny collars. It went from the daytime to night. Had the whole 34th Street shut down. And these guys were running the credit card scam. I arrest the guys. I'm in a precinct for two days now doing paperwork because you know how that go. And um, I'm shopping in Queens. I think it was it wasn't Green Acres Mall, but I'm with my cousin, the one that's a sergeant. And we're in the mall and the guy goes, I know you from somewhere. I'm like, I rap. He goes, nah, it's not rap. I said, I do music too. He goes, nah, it's not music. I said, I'm a cop. He said, that's where <laughs> I know you from. He said, you arrested me. And I said, but you see that? I said, but was I not cool? He said, yo, you were the coolest cop ever. It's a good thing, I think, to strive for, yeah. right? No complaints. No, you know, I've never been in trouble, man. I just, and I knock on wood because I always say there's levels of escalation. When you treat someone like a gentleman and a, a you know, a lady like a lady, you know, you, you move up accordingly. You don't always got to start at a thousand. You kept bringing up uh, LL Cool J a lot. And I, I want to bring up how I was connected to him in my past. Uh, back in college, I used to host a, a radio show. Um, not to brag, award-winning, most oh, popular absolutely. on campus. You know, it's, <laughs> it's all good. Multiple award-winning. Right, um, right. And in my school, they were going to have um, LL Cool J come in to do an interview with the, 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 the resident board there and all that stuff. And they're like, you know what? We should bring him into the radio um, club, we call it, you know, to, to also do an interview there. And, and the time frame just happened to be during my show. Now, I never played LL Cool J on my show. It was a rock show, punk show. Like, and they're like, well, it's during the same time. So I guess, Joe, you're going you're gonna to have to do the interview for it. I'm like, I know nothing about this guy. I don't listen to his music. I know nothing. And they're like, well, he go actually, ahead He actually him. lived around the corner from my grand. His grandmother lived around the corner from my grandmother in Springfield Garden, Queens. So we used to see him. I, I, uh, not interrupting you, but I remember standing on a corner, that very same corner, Run DMC rolls up in a limousine, roll the window down, and they just said, what's up? But I was just like, wow, that was Run DMC, because we were not too far from Hollis, Queens. So we came across a lot of uh, different um, c celebrities and stuff like that. So that was cool. But the ultimate was, like I said, man, uh, kicking in with Stevie Wonder, watching him perform in Atlantic City, watching him perform at the Apollo, and then, you know, just sitting in the dressing room, just kicking it with him, you know? And then in comes George Clooney. So in my eyes, I'm like... I'm sitting here with Stevie Wonder and George Clooney, and then Barbara Walters walk in. I'm like, wow, like I made it, <laughs> I made it, I made it. Um, I have something for you guys. Uh, so tell me what you think about this. This is some one of the songs that I written with the kids. It's hopscotch, double dutch, crooked teeth with loose laces. Milk crates and dice decided your life. Home of lessons and blessings, role models where it was the neighbor. Do me a favor because your stomach growled. Lemonade made from scratch. Kool-Aid with a lot of sugar. Candles with no lights. The ball courts is where we had fights. Bad habits easy to pick up. Confrontations that gave us hiccups. Watch your back because the bully lurks. Every day saying your prayers. Sundays you missing church. French braids, cassettes played on repeat to your favorite jam. Bebop's rap kicked a cappella. Hey fella, Didas was better than Reebok. Favor overpaid less because Nike's was more stress. You grow wiser, time flies. They don't believe you. Make them a believer. Negative minds to try to hinder you. Ah, look what I could do. Overcome the impossible. Triumph over the obstacle. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as a as a as a theater kid, yeah. I 
because a lot of people the, these days, the, um, especially among the youth, they're so caught up mm -hmm. on the beat and the music and yeah. the studio effects of a song. Absolutely. As a theater kid, I could just hear every rhyme, every verse, mm -hmm. and it's, 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 you're doing something, man. You're doing oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is one I wrote about being a police officer. Long shifts, complaints with a long list. It's proven my present deters crime. In the meantime, I'm human. The cold nights you sleep is the oath I keep. Danger's what we face. Back up over the radio, I'm in a chase. Tunnel vision, no descript given. Pressure on our shoulders to interact. In fact, the lack of trust between us. Times change. I see hope in your range. Big brother to that unknown kid. Stay true, dream big. Look what I did. If you understand my position on keeping the peace, shift in disbelief since a kid i envision on being police shooting hoops with the kids giving a scoop breaking a cycle i'm just like you motivation is good success is key but it starts with you and me <laughs> thank you <laughs> i appreciate it what who's the girl on the other end i want to know what she thinks it's madison madison, it's madison. hey madison what, what do you think hey um i think that second verse is really great um <laughs> it just appreciate ties it. in <laughs> Yeah, 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 of course. Just ties in your, your music career. I felt the lyrics, you know, and everything that we're doing. Appreciate I think that. everything that you stand for, the program that we're working um, within is really, it, you know, those morals reflect. And I think and I think what you're doing is really great. Oh, absolutely. We definitely got to work together, do something, you know, and that's what, you know, I'm working with something called the uh, Real Dads Network. And what it does is my high school math teacher, again, there's very influential people that made me be who I am and still. And it just helps young fathers focus on, uh, the skill sets that they need to be better fathers, but it's all tied in. But, um, you know, being a part of something in a family and then spreading out and you taking from it what you need so other people can grow. So I'm not selfish, you know, so like that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I thank you, man. Yeah. You know, and when I get called on to do like public speaking or, you know, to tell my story or tell the story of my mentor, or my high school math teacher or the Real Dads Network, it's. It's not to be selfish. It's to give back and to, to continue to be influential. So where could people find you and hear more of your music? Well, call 911. Nah. <laughs> 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 nah, 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 nah. Nah, <laughs> um, You know, Javaro, uh, what is it? Uh, Varo, V-A-R-R-O underscore one on Instagram. Javaro Long, J-A-V-A-R-R-O space long, L-O-N-G on Facebook. Or you could just, you know what I love? I tell people, just put my name in Google, and then you'll see. I did stuff with Channel 13, ABC, Fox 5, Channel 2. Did a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, you got that Google clout now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just Google me. <laughs> so we are just at the end of the show. Is there anything else you want to throw in here at the end? No, I, you know, continue to, uh, let's continue to make change. This is uh, one step forward, and um, I look forward to coming aboard and being a part of that change, and you know, for everybody out there in uh, the, the media world, you know, options is something new and upcoming. And I think that it's something that can bene be beneficial to uh, the job, to the kids, to the youth. And let's keep being creative. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on here. Absolutely. I want to thank you for uh, demonstrating your uh, rapping skills and, oh, and for even hitting our mic there. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Thank you all for listening. I am thank you, Madison. Joe Galetta. For John, for Madison, for Officer Long, make sure you subscribe, keep listening, and rate us five stars, 100 stars, 50 stars, however many stars you can give us, make sure you do that. Tune in next week. Ah, oh, that's beautiful, man. <laughs>